Kyle, welcome hey. inside the fourth mother box, sir. How's it going? It's going. How's it going on your end? Oh, uh, not too shabby. It's hotter than hell in Arizona, but it's April, so that's how well, things tend to be. How's the weather in uh, shitty, I mean, uh, Chicago? Uh, no, you hit it right the first time. Uh, okay. <laughs> dark and rainy. Rainy. Okay. Yep. Just like Gotham City, so it's living up to its name. Yeah. Very, very, uh, very true. Excellent. Well, today we're, we're here on um, the fourth mother box is what we're calling it. And if you got a, if you got a problem with that name, you could suck my big red ass. Uh, Kyle and I happen to like the name very much. We happen to like the logo by Kevin Quigley that we'll use for our podcast art. And we happen to love the animated characters that Robert Alexander, RCA underscore the artist on Instagram hooked up for us in Bruce Tim style the other day. What'd you think of those? The, the, I shared those on social media. Those are pretty badass. Don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. They, they were uh, like real professional and real cool looking. I was like really impressed. Yeah. Robert's a former co- uh, co-worker of mine and the dude was always drawing. I always saw him drawing. I remember I had him draw me of the Joker back in the day. And um, he would always comment like on Halloween, I would dress up as a Batman villain or, something comic book wise and him and I would talk hours upon hours. So it's cool to stay in touch with him. But, but today on episode number two, Kyle and I are going to talk Marvel versus DC. Now, last week we talked about restoring the Snyderverse and the importance of Zack Snyder's justice league. And as it naturally may happen in comic book lore and comic book talk, um, the, competition between the two big names the two big wigs always tends to come up because people can't leave the others uh they can't leave marvel out of the conversation if they're talking about dc or they can't leave dc out of the conversation if they're talking about marvel it just happens that way i don't know why we're comparing but we're going to do that today and there's no there's no surprise that kyle and i are big dc fanboys and we're huge dc buffs because we like the better of the two that's our opinion and I, I, I happen to think that's factual. There's pot shot number one at Marvel. Um, I happen ah. to think that's factual. <laughs> but um, I'm going, at least from my end, I can't, I can't talk for Kyle. Uh, but at least on my end, I'm going to try to be civil about it and um, give Marvel their due <laughs> and give the MCU and Marvel their due. So um, any, any initial thoughts, Kyle, on the Marvel versus DC competition? Well, it's a, it's a certainly a big topic. And um, there's a lot, a lot you can really point at. And I think, you know, if you're really kind of looking at it like on paper and kind of just like looking at it from the history, at least from my perspective, I think what DC has done really well is they, they have always written really good story arcs and character arcs uh, really well. And not, not to mention the villains, like the villains in DC, they're, uh, they're, it was, they're top notch and, I was kind of going through my top, trying to make my top five villains list from DC and it was hard because there's just so many. And I think this is where Marvel tends to fall short. Whereas like their, their villains are kind of cookie cuttery and they often lack a lot of depth. Um, so, you know, and I think on the plus side, like I think Marvel just has, a more like a better roster of superheroes versus DC. DC has good superheroes, but just they're not as, you know, abundant as Marvel. Marvel did a really good job at 
creating their uh, you know, cinematic universe and bringing these like lesser known characters to life. Like I didn't really, I would say before the Avengers, I didn't really care about Iron Man or Captain America um, or, or like a lot of other ones. Like, and they really kind of brought those to light. Now I really enjoy watching an Iron Man film or Captain America, which is somebody I thought I would never really like. So I think, that's... you know, you can really c compare a lot of different areas, but I would say that, like, that's, that would be my initial thoughts that come to mind with it. That's a spectacular point, especially when you're talking about the lesser known characters, characters. And you can thank the MCU for this. They really did bring them to light. Like, I, I could have cared less about Hawkeye or even Black Widow, for that matter, until they were brought to light in the MCU. You know, like I knew who Iron Man was, you know, from a kid growing up reading a little bit of those comics. I knew more of Captain America. I knew more of the Hulk because um, it's just those were ones I grew up with. But but you're right. Um, and definitely. And I know we're going to talk touch on this a little bit later. But when it comes to D.C., you know who the big three are right off the bat. You know who Superman is. You know who Batman is. You know who Wonder Woman is. You don't even have to like comic books to understand who those characters are. But when you go over to Marvel, there's more. they're more spread across the, the, the field, so to speak, is somebody might know who Iron Man is. I mean, the majority of people will know who Iron Man is, but yeah. you might get somebody who might know who Hawkeye is so that might know who Black Widow is, um, even down to the X-Men. Um, who are a pretty popular franchise. But let's start with a little bit of history. So the big two, you know, DC and Marvel. Uh, so to start with DC, founded in 1934, We've talked about it before, their most iconic comic book heroes include Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. I'll refer to them as the Trinity, as most people do. Uh, Superman debuted first in Action Comics number one in 1938. Actually, fun fact, it was published in April, on April 18th, that's coming up in a week from today, April 18th, 1938. But the cover has June on uh, the date of June on it. We'll go to the Dark Knight next. Batman debuted in, debuted in Detective Comics number 27 in 1939. Wonder Woman debuted in All-Star Comics number 8 in October 1941. So Superman was first. Batman followed Wonder Woman soon after that. So uh, I have a question. Mark I have a question. Yes. Was yes. Wonder Woman the first superhero on the scene? I mean, in comic books, because I feel like I don't really, I, I really don't have any other reference for like another female superhero as old as Wonder Woman. I, I, I think you're right. Um, don't quote me on this and I could do some quick research, but uh, 1941 seems pretty early on to debut such an iconic um, superhero, especially, a, a, you know, of different gender. Everyone's used to the, the the male the the superman of the world the batman um a few years before that but uh you might be actually calling that out um and i dare say that was the world's first uh female superhero at least the most iconic um that's to say the least uh yeah, so for sure so following marvel um who's currently owned by the walt disney corporation uh founded in 1939 um, so about five years after DC, uh, their most iconic characters now include Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man. Uh, Spider-Man debuted um, in the 60s. I actually, when I was researching this, I um, shame on me for not thinking that Spider-Man might have been a little bit older than, the, than debuting in the 1960s. He debuted in Amazing Fantasy number 15 in August 1962. Don't know why I thought Spider-Man was older than that. 
Um, Captain America debuted in March in, um, in Captain American Comics, his own comic book, number one, in March of 1941. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, you know, depending uh, based on his storyline on how old Captain America is. But then again, Iron Man debuted in Tales of Suspense number 39 in March 1963. So Marvel's more iconic characters are a little younger than DC's. Uh, that could be why DC arguably could have the more iconic of the two. Um, like, and, and you really know who they are more than quite possibly the other ones. But then again, you can argue and say, kids, thanks to the MCU, kids nowadays know Iron Man better. They, they might know Captain America better. They might know Thor better or the Hulk better than your Supermans, your Batmans, and your Wonder Womans. But uh, DC is doing a pretty job of staying relevant too. Um, so just, just, just to kind of paint the picture of how huge this industry is and how huge these people are, just some fun facts for these companies in comics and graphic novels in general in 2019. And I didn't, I didn't research 2020 data because that year was shit. Um, the pandemic ruined everything. So that can go to hell in a handbasket and go fuck itself. Um, comics and graphic novels hit a record 1.2 billion. Uh, this is just North America sales in 2019. Both Marvel and DC contributed to that. That's 1.2 billion comics and graphic novels just in North America. That's huge. Um, that's an 11% increase from the previous year. And it marked $1 billion spend on comics and graphic novels for the first time ever. So graphic novels, comic books are as popular as ever. That's why we're sitting here talking about it right now. That's why it gets shoved in your face uh, with a new movie seemingly to the casual fan every couple of months. But this stuff is relevant to people and it should start to be looked down upon as relevance instead of just comic books in general, like Marvel vs. DC, instead of it looking like a bunch of nerds hurling um, flaming shit at each other in, in brown paper bags, um, it should actually be like a civil dis you know, discussion. What's, what's the difference? And I'm a sports fan, so I'll, I'll call myself out on this. What's the difference of like two guys or a guy and a girl or two girls talking about sports really heated versus two guys to a guy and a girl or two girls talking about comic books. You know, the passion is still the same. The passion is still there. Uh, you know, Kyle, do you think that comics are becoming just more relevant in today's world and today's society? Thanks to the popularity of the movies. Are you referring to just the actual comics themselves or just kind of like, you know, the broad. Like I think broad, I think broad, like just the social acceptance of it all. Cause you know, it used to be, oh, you're into comics, you're nerdy, you're weird, and you're never going to get the girl kind of thing, or, or you're never going to find that that partner. Um, you think it's more socially acceptable nowadays, I guess, is what I was trying to ask? Well, I think what's interesting is that I think there's a lot of people that go see the movies, but I don't think there's a lot of people that actually like read the comics, because I feel like every time I have a conversation with people... Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I guess unless you're really talking to the, you know, more people who are more into it versus your casual like moviegoer, like I think the casual moviegoers, like the ones that will go see all the Marvel movies, they might not necessarily read the comics. And I think if you're really into it, you read the comics. But I don't That's see true. a lot of people kind of doing that. Like when you think about it, like when you see somebody like reading like a book, it's like I don't really ever see it as like a comic book. And there's not as many comic books. Our comic book stores anymore so 
I, I would wonder, sure. you know, on the you know research behind, like, you know, are comic book sales higher than before? Or are they lower? I mean, maybe so um, the social media aspect of it, because you know you had the DC Universe app that had a lot of the mm -hmm. DC uh, um, comics on there. So, you know, maybe there's that part of it as well. I think a lot of people will read like the big story arc comics and graphic novels, like Batman Nightfall or like mm -hmm. Marvel Civil War. Like I think a lot of people will, you know, go out and buy that. But like some of the more obscure ones, like I, I watched, uh, I read a team up between Spider-Man and Batman and where Batman arrives in um, wherever, uh, New York City. Yep. And he's tracking the Joker and the Joker starts working with Carnage and then he hooks up with Spider-Man. So it's, you know, I, I think that's kind of cool. I would love to see more crossovers. I would, um, I think a crossover movie would be epic. I don't oh, I all, see that. Ultimately, a crossover movie between Marvel and DC, it, that would break every record that was ever owned by anything ever. Um, box office records, you, you print something epic like the justice league versus the avengers uh, i'm talking like now capitalize on on it now i know they've done things similar in the past but take advantage of it to your point so let's get into the nitty-gritty let's let's talk marvel specifically right now let's do a little bit of marvel in review so kyle this is what we're going to be i'm going to be looking for and don't hold any back any punches so what do you love about marvel what do you like about marvel and what do you hate about it so i'll start with with the love um of, of Marvel since we're trying to be civil here. I love the X-Men. I'm a huge X-Men fan from probably a bigger X-Men fan than you are. You and I have had discussions about their films before, but I love them and their stories. It's just kind of the human and the mutant coexistence. Um, they have my all time favorite. Uh, well, I won't get too further because we're going to talk about it in a second, but days of future past is, is, my favorite X-Men flick. And, and I'll just go out on a limb and say it now it's my favorite Marvel comic book storyline too. And, uh, and over anything even currently in the MCU, and that includes Infinity War and that includes Endgame. I just, Days of Future Past is the, my favorite film and comic storyline that Marvel's ever put out in general. Um, the X-Men just have always appealed to me on a, maybe it's just a deeper level. I just love the diversity of the different mutants. Um, when I talk like diversity of powers, like, like Wolverine, for instance, is so unique compared to the Cyclops. And Cyclops is a little bitch anyway. Uh, Wolverine should have ended up with Jean Grey. Um, so, you know, those characters are just so much more than you're like run-of-the-mill superheroes. They're, they're faced with real-world problems, kind of similar to like Zack Snyder's Superman. Um, so what do you love about Marvel, Kyle? Well, I would say I would agree that, you know, I'm not as into the X-Men. And I, didn't, I don't know what it is for me, but it just... Like, it's just never clicked all the way. And even, like, the older mm -hmm. school X-Men, like, I've seen the first one, but, and, and maybe, the, like, I think that I fell asleep in the second one in the movie theater. <laughs> I remember doing this. And then the third one, I didn't see at all. So... I didn't miss much. But I love Wolverine. I mean, I mean, it's hard to really, you know, not point to Hugh Jackman as, like, you know, the perfect casting for that role. And, and just watching movies like Logan, which was just so well done. It was brilliant. Um, just unbelievable but yeah so the X-Men is not always something that I get super excited for uh, you know what do I love about Marvel uh, comics and the, the cinematic universe and I would I would just kind of like go to my comment earlier about you know they brought all these like lesser known characters to 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I just remember like Marvel sold off all their characters, you know, um, or they want to sell all their characters, I believe, to Sony. And Sony just said, no, we just want Spider-Man. And, yeah. um, it, you know, it's kind of funny in how like all these years later that all these characters are making these big budget movies and, and they're super successful. So I would say Marvel's done a really good job at making characters that I personally didn't care about. Um, really awesome, really great. So, like, even notable ones like Doctors, um, you know, Doctor Strange, or Guardians of the Galaxy, which, you know, going into those movies, I was like not excited at all. I was just like, meh, this is going to be like a run of the mill Marvel movie. But I was surprisingly very impressed. So, I would say mm-hmm. that is something that I, I really love, think that they do well. Yeah, no, no, you're right. That's a, that's a great point. So, Moving on from love and what, so what do we like about Marvel? Um, and when I say, what do you like? It's like something you don't quite love about Marvel yet, but you don't hate it. Um, and for me, it's their lighter approach at times. Um, I made no, you know, bones about that. I love DC so much more than I do on Marvel. And I'm not, it's not a bash on Marvel at that time. I just prefer DC, but um because of their darker tones and the diversity and if there's something for everybody, but with Marvel, if I want the lighter approach, if I want to, you know, laugh a little bit, if I just, and I'm trying not to make this sound like a bad thing, but if I, if I don't want to think too hard, (laughs) I can, I I know I can grab or, or watch a Marvel movie mindlessly. I know I can toss on, you know, one of the Iron Man flicks or one of the Avengers movies. And, or if I want to read something, I could read uh, one of the newer Marvel uh, uh, runs of the comics and just kind of be a little bit of a lighter approach and a little comedic and just something that kind of makes you feel not gooey inside, but just makes you feel a little better. doesn't necessarily need to make you think. Yeah. I would say that that's, that would be something that I like about them is that sometimes you just want to watch something like to watch it, you know, and not like you don't have to get fully invested and you could, it's just kind of like your fun run of the mill type of, story and i think mm-hmm. they do that well now dc it's it's dc movies always kind of have a habit of you know, you really kind of need to pay attention and even i think i made the comment about Zack snyder's justice league uh, in the last podcast about like it, it kind of like expects that you know a lot about comic book history in, in the dc universe because you know just that one scene where they show dark side coming out of his big ship and he's fighting all these different factions of people like they have Zeus and then the Green Lanterns and, you know, um, the Atlanteans and, you know, the Amazons. And it's kind of like you really don't like we didn't really get history of some of those people when that film came out. Like we certainly didn't get from the Atlanteans or and there was never like a really a, a Green Lantern movie yet uh, outside of the Brian Reynolds one so long ago, which uh, let me just say that I just watched that one and it wasn't it wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't You're like, right super memorable like in the books but you know i wouldn't say that that's like the worst movie i I would say there's plenty of marvel movies that are a lot worse agreed i think i think uh ryan reynolds did a good job as hell jordan he did a fine job as green lantern it was just subject to a bad script um and i I don't know I, i was fine with the villain too um of that green lantern movie but but then again it's it's been a minute since i've watched that um 
but but they need to do Green Lantern right when they eventually get that right. So so let's get to the fun stuff and stuff that's really going to get get people off their chairs and fall off their chairs and spill their bu- uh, bucket of popcorn while they're listening to this podcast while it's drowning in butter and mouth duds. Um, so what what do we hate? And I'm saying hate. I'm going to use that word. I know people don't like that word. I'm going to say hate. What do you hate about Marvel? So for me, I absolutely hate how cookie cutter the MCU has become. Every goddamn movie nowadays seems to follow the same fucking outline. Like the villain gives a re- the movie opens, villain gives a reason to why they're going to be a villain. Oh no, the hero gets involved somehow. Joke, joke, joke. Cameo from an Avenger. Villain defeated, but they don't die. Gamble on a good end scene. So what I mean by gambling on a good end scene is you're going to sit it, um, through all the credits while you have to pee because you put down about three uh, triple extra large cherry cokes at the movie theater and you have to wait for that possibility and I have to wait for that moment at the end that that end scene that Marvel always promises you for is going to be good, but no, it just ends up being Captain America and you, and you're disappointed and it's not something for the next movies. So that's the problem I have about the MCU and what I hate about Marvel right now. It's like, take a fucking chance. Uh, okay. You know, you know, where are your consequences? Uh, you know, I, I don't have, you, you know, and, and even, even, uh, yeah, I, I get so worked up about that, and, and I want to let you rag on Marvel here a little bit too, and, and what you hate about them. But it's just like take some consequences. Where where are you? Like, yes, your your heroes came back after Infinity War. That was to be expected. But you know, kill a villain here and there outside of Thanos. You know, kill a hero for a couple of movies. It's not that hard. Yeah, I'll say that 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 is something that I've always talked about as one of my reasons why I don't always like appreciate marvel because there there is no there are no consequences like you know spoiler alert some people you know all those people died in infinity war and yet they all come back and it's like they leave you on this cliffhanger in infinity war and you're kind of like blown away by it and don't get me wrong those movies were excellent but you know kind of just waters it down when you know they all virtually come back like I mean, I don't really know who really died in those movies. I don't think anybody did. And even Robert Downey Jr., who, like, you know, um, did the snap at the end and supposedly died, they were talking about bringing him back. So, you know, so I'm just kind of like, you know, it kind of waters it down. It, it really mm-hmm. does. And it doesn't make you a, afraid of the villain. Or, you know what I mean? There's, like, real no threat. Because you, you always know that um, Marvel superheroes are going to always win. And you know, the villain's always going to get defeated and there's not going to be any real uh, major consequences. The only time they kind of came close with that was in The Winter Soldier. And what I thought was really great about that film is that it spilled over into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series Mm -hmm. and they did it really well. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, I I haven't watched, I think, the last two seasons because it just kind of got, like, the the story got convoluted and out there. So I just kind of had to stop, but... (laughs) <laughs> I would say the consequences piece and like, and I'm going to throw this out there, like the poor, poorly written villains. Like I just think, yeah, you know, when I was looking, trying to do my top five Marvel villains, I was having a real hard time with it because like all of them, like I don't look at them and think fear. Like, it, you know, because they're always like kind of an anti-hero in some way and they're always complex. Now I, I like complexity of characters, but me too. You don't really go that in depth now that I think about it. I mean, Thanos is like kind of like the only example that I can really think, well, here is a real complicated character 
and that was really well written, even though he was pretty much a carbon copy of Darkseid. Do you research <laughs> Marvel fans because Darkseid came first and he did. Uh, the only difference, you know, there is that they didn't put Darkseid in a big golden toilet. So <laughs> with this, with, with the big old space plunger. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I think about Thanos sitting in the universe on the planet, on his planet Titan, I think of his big golden toilet with the so, space plunger because he clogged it. So is he just like shitting 24 seven? Because I, I kind of feel like when he's not threatening the world, he's just shitting 24 seven on that thing. Well, if you eat that many space burritos from the corner 7-Eleven off the freeway near his planet, you're probably going to be on the toilet quite a bit. Yeah, that would make sense. Definitely yeah. makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, no consequences with, with at least the MCU. And is that because Disney owns them? Is a possibility. I mean, Disney is, you know, tries to appeal to everybody. And they normally do a really good job of that. I will defend Disney quite often on this podcast. Um, so let's, let's talk about Marvel animated films. You know, I'm, I, I try, I really tried to guess, and you might be more of an expert in this sector than I am, but I don't have a favorite Marvel animated film. I normally get bored with them. <laughs> Are there any? Really? I mean, I think the only real successful one was Intro, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Um, yeah. Which, okay. Okay. Which I was thinking that. that. I didn't think that was that. And I'm probably going to hit a lot of hate for this comment, but I didn't really. I've watched it a couple of times, and I'm like, it's a good movie, but I think oh, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's it's way overinflated. Like, because I mean, the the storyline is kind of cookie cuttery, and like, I just, I don't know. I I think there was there was more that I wanted from Miles Morales, and mm-hmm. that, that just didn't deliver on some level. So maybe the the sequel and follow up. I think that's a fun film, but. Um, I don't really, I probably couldn't tell you any other animated Marvel film. I know I've watched other ones, but your animated game kind of sucks. Now, the only, um, the only things that they've done really well was the 90s TV cartoon series of uh, like X-Men and Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man. Hell yeah. Those are like, I remember growing up watching those. Those are untouchable and just the theme song and just the writing. I mean, both both excellent pieces of uh, animation. Yeah, I mean, both both Marvel and DC gave us spectacular animated series in the '90s. I mean, Batman the animated series, Spider Man, X Men, um, just some great stuff there. Great, great stuff. Um, even the short lived, and I don't think this is this might not have been the '90s, but there's a short lived Green Lantern animated series that I really like too. Um, so, another thing that the two duke over that. And I'll just say it now because we're going to get to talking about it and that DC absolutely destroys Marvel in. And even the biggest Marvel fanboys will agree with this is video games. So um, first well, off, DC, DC destroys Marvel in video games and in animated films. Oh, because oh, oh, yeah. I can just, I, you know, they're just so rewatchable and there's so many just excellent, excellent, well-written animated films. Like they've just done a phenomenal job. And I feel like, if you want to just take everything off the table and say Batman the Animated Series, Batman the Animated Series just trumps everything Marvel has ever done. So, uh, <laughs> shots fired. Shots fired. Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. I'll go to bat with the two of them forever until the day I die. So yep. more so on the more so on the video games. You know, I really feel 
like some of the more memorable Marvel video games, and, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be very broad here. Um, Marvel Cap Marvel versus Capcom is one of my favorite arcade games of all time. I love playing that. Sometimes I just spend all night in the bowling alley with my buddy Chris, Mike, John, Joe Miller, just play Marvel versus Capcom, um, and I think that counts as the video games. You know, outside of that, you know, the '90s Spider-Man video game that was based on the animated series. I played that forever. I loved the hell out of that. Um, I killed hours on the Sega Genesis with that. But you fast forward with Marvel video games, and I really feel like they've all fallen flat. Um, and then just recently, you get up to the point where this highly anticipated Avengers game was coming out with that featured Miss Miss Marvel in it. Um, but I, that game, and you and I talked about that um, last September. That that game kind of grew old on us fast. Okay, so I, I have to real be uh, be real um, nerdy here and just say that uh, that game sucked. <laughs> what a letdown! I think it starts off really good. I mean, you know, they obviously put some yes. time into it. Like I, I think I've never seen Miss uh, Marvel or Kamala Khan's char- character. Yeah. And I thought they did her really well, even though they did. we haven't seen any iteration of her anywhere. And even some of the voice casting was decent. I know that I like the guy who did Thor. I don't know his name, but he, he voiced Thor and a lot of other things. But um, I didn't think Iron Man's voice was that uh, great. I know that's Nolan North who does a lot of great things. It just didn't fit for me. And that, that game just got repetitive, like super fast. So and I think, you know, really the, when we talk about Marvel video games, the only really notable one is like um, the most recent Spider-Man 2018. Well, you could, then again, you could probably say like the older Spider-Man games, but because those were really good, but they're, they're so dated now. I don't know if you could really even include that, but. No, that's a good point. And shame on me for leaving Spider-Man out because those are some excellent games. Those open world Spider-Man games, the one in 2018, and um, have you played have you played the PS4 iteration of the Miles Morales Spider-Man yet or no? Not yet, but I okay. I, I wanted to. It just um, okay. I think with with everything going on, I just I haven't I've gotten yet. But I yeah. really want to play it because I think the first one was really good, and I I liked um, his character arc in there, and I think it'd be kind of cool to see you know that play out in uh, his own game, and I think that's definitely. That'll be really cool. I own it. Yeah, I own it. I still have yet to play it. Um, but that's on the short list of things to do. So to wrap up with Marvel, you know, you cannot deny the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. You just cannot deny its success. Is it ahead of DC's extended universe? Absolutely. I'll be the first to admit it. They've made more money than, it, than the DCEU, um, and they've had more commercial success. It's created fans for them outside of the comic world. And Disney's wallet has really, really helped push the flicks and build. Um, I loved the Marvel Cinematic Universe's initial push with like Iron Man and Captain America and the buildup to the that Avengers movie and Infinity War was just so good. But everything after that just kind of went downhill for me. Um, so let's switch tones to DC. Right. Okay. We're going to do the same thing with DC love, like, and hate. Um, although it might be hard to do the hate part, but I've got one. Um, so I'll start out and Kyle, I'll let you go first for this one. What do you love about DC? 
Oh, there's so much. I'm just going to say Batman. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that an acceptable answer? I think, yes, it's a quite acceptable answer, yes. I think Batman is so good in, in, in so many different ways. And why he resonates with so many people, it's kind of similar to Spider-Man, is that he's just a guy who's just trying to do the right thing. And he's a complicated character. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he doesn't have any special powers. You know, he didn't, like... He just he's just a dude in a suit and he just trained and he became really educated and he outsmarts the villains. He's he always has a way out. He's always 10 steps ahead of everybody, including the Justice League, him themselves. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people can um, relate with their their his failability. And whereas like sometimes with Superman, you can't always connect with him because, you know, he's a super being and like Mm -hmm. almost invincible. So I would say. You know, there's a lot of things that I love, but I can't. I mean, I think Batman is the is the thing that always keeps me coming back. Hell yeah! And I love about DC that there's something for everyone, and just like you were alluding to, um, like you know, like me, I enjoy the darker tones in comic material and with subtle comedy. And DC has that. DC nails it for me. But they also have the wacky, the stupid, and the kitty stuff too, if that's what you're looking for. I, um, I, I just, I just love that there's something for everybody there, uh, with, with DC and the well-roundedness and you can't, you, you really can't point out anything in DC and say, well, everything is like Superman. Oh, it's, it's really not, you know, they have a vast diverse array of characters and you can't say everything's like Batman because no, nobody, you, you, to your point, Kai, you cannot compare Batman. There is one and only, um, you know, Marvel could try to do it with Moon Knight, but they they will fail. So, what yeah. do you like about DC? Um, what do I like about DC? Mm-hmm. You don't love, but you don't quite hate. It's a hard thing to answer. Mm-hmm. Here, I'll go first because yeah, I kind of yeah. Let me hear. What I kind of gave saying. it away. I kind of gave it away when I was talking about it, but I just. I like how well-rounded their characters are, and I'll expand on that. Um, Batman is a vigilante, but he won't kill, right? So he's, he's rounded. Like, he's a vigilante. He will obviously take the law into his own hands, but he will not cross a line. That rounds his character out. Superman is legit a living god, but he gets rounded out because he embraces his humanity. He embraces his human side. Superman could snap at any given notice, but... For the most part, unless Lois Lane dies, he doesn't. Um, and he's he, he could walk around and rule the earth with literally his fist. Um, but he doesn't because he, he embraces his human side. He's Clark Kent. Um, and then Wonder Woman, I, uh, the well-roundedness with her, she's she's a queen in another world, right? If she would have stayed on Themyscira, she would have eventually become queen. But she decides instead to be a symbol and a beacon of hope for mankind. Um to inspire. So these characters are so well-rounded, you know, you just don't have the billionaire playboy who sleeps with a bunch of women and then just happens to save the world, but there's really nothing more to it. Right. There's so much more and there's depth to these characters. Yeah. And I think if I had to say something that I like about them, I, I think I'm just having a hard time finding like an in the middle type of answer, but uh, okay. What I would say is, 
I think what I like is that there's a lot of Batman, a lot of Batman to go around. Okay. Um, I always will love reading it and it's always fresh to me. I wish that they would, you know, kind of expand on some of the other characters, like a little bit more. Cause like you think when you look at the comic books, there's really great Justice League uh, storylines. There's a billion Batman uh, storylines. Same thing with Superman. But I can't really, really pin uh, Flash too, um, for sure. Oh, I, I can't can. really pinpoint, you know, too many others where it's just kind of like people say, "Well, wow, this is like a real good standalone superhero comic." So I would say I like how they really expanded upon like their their big, you know, kind of big names, but um, you know, kind of wishing more that they would do that with try to do that with some of the others. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally makes sense. So now the hard one, right? What do we hate about DC? Now I'll make mine very simple. So go ahead, go ahead. You can go first. Well, I, I have a I have a really great answer, and I think okay. this kind of like harkens back to what we were talking about last week uh, in the last podcast. Is that you know it's just the handling of the characters in the cinematic universe, and mm-hmm. it always seems like there's so many hands in the pot, and it's like you know it just kind of you know you think what the like the dc eu would be today if you know there wasn't so much uh screw up with it like they they completely mishandled some things and and as a result it kind of like halted some of the progress of like you know standalone superhero movies and uh you know justice league movies you know honorable mention like kind of like mentioning in particular, like, you know, we still haven't gotten the Cyborg film or the Flash film. No. Yeah. Another Man of Steel. And Man of Steel, ladies and gentlemen, came out in 2013. And so that's eight years ago. And we haven't gotten a sequel. That one hurts. That, it really hurts. Um, so I would say that's that would be my biggest gripe with it. Uh, you know, and just kind of like, you know, you kind of have to have a better organization and, and uh of it and kind of like not have too many hands in the pot. That is a hundred percent what I picked too. I hate that Warner brothers owns DC film rights. Um, exhibit a, what they did to the perfect Zack Snyder universe. They killed it with justice league. And we had to wait five whole years to get Zack Snyder's original vision. When that movie was intended to come out in 2017. Um, no man of steel too, to what you said. Although did you see the, the uh, rumor that I posted on our page recently that uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson has high interest in making a man of steel two and bringing back uh, Henry to play Superman. Yeah. That was really interesting to, to read about. And uh, I would be like really happy to see like oh. a movie with the rocks, black Adam versus Henry Cavill's Superman. I think we all, oh, that would we be all epic. really want to see that. Yes, we do. I, I want to see The Rock versus Henry Cavill, Superman versus Black Adam, so bad. Um, and then more of what, like more of what Warner Brothers is doing to DC films. Look what they did to Batman versus Superman. You needed the ultimate edition of that movie for redemption and to complete the full story, so it didn't look like a, a chopped up, edited mess in the theater. Um, you know, Warner Brothers seemingly trusted Christopher Nolan with his vision and his spectacular. Dark Knight trilogy. Um, and just side note, I think for all the bullshit that Warner Brothers has done to Zack Snyder and done as of late, especially to Ray Fisher, um, Christopher Nolan should 
bow out and go to another studio for his next film. And he should leave Warner brothers alone as a statement. Um, so like they seemingly trusted Nolan to do his thing, but they don't trust Zack Snyder to do his thing. What's the deal there? Warner brothers. This is what I hate about you. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's just kind of like my, 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 my mini epic rant on, on Warner brothers. Um, is the Zack Snyder hold some sort of, you know, did, does he have dirt on you or does, does Christopher Nolan have dirt on you was where you treat him better than Snyder. I mean, he seems like a nice guy. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I think, you know, though they've kind of started to get the hint with that. And I think, you know, after justice leagues, the first justice league in 2017, that kind of didn't do as well commercially. They kind of, seems like they kind of picked up the pace with it and, um, you know, started to write a little bit differently. Cause then you, you kind of see that, you know, Shazam was successful. Aquaman was successful. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of, it, it seemed like kind of some of the other films after that seemed like they were going heading in the right direction. Uh, the Joker made a billion dollars and the budget was like peanuts. Well, that yeah, movie made we, we, we can probably do a whole podcast on that, on that film. For mm -hmm. sure. Good call, especially with your background as a therapist. That would be spectacular. Yeah. Um, but I digress. But I digress. Let's let's do that, though. We absolutely must. Um, so my favorite DC comic storyline, I, like I said with Marvel, it's Days of Future Past. With DC, it's Death of the Family. Um, kind of a random one. All right, not really. is is critically acclaimed. But I, God, I, I can go into detail about how much I love about this comic. Um, the Joker, you know... Uh, just in general, I love the Joker throughout this whole comic. He's so creepy after having the doll maker cut off his face and then he stapled it back on. Um, I just loved that. You know, every little bit, it was a thriller. There was a twist. Every little bit, it was like a psych psychological just mess and how the Joker was wrecking. So made, he, he made Batman think that, um, uh, that he had cut off all the faces of the Bat family when in turn he did not, but he just turned them on each other. And at the end, when when Batman was almost certain that um, the Joker knew Batman's identity was Bruce Wayne, he showed up in Arkham after he had been caught and handed him the Joker card that he found in the Batcave, basically seemingly saying that the Joker was here. He handed it back to him as Bruce Wayne, and the Joker looked confused. And all that did was like that little twist at the end. It's like the Joker never cared who Batman was. He just liked having him around because he can't coexist without him. Uh, ah, I can go on forever about that comic, but what's your favorite DC storyline? You know, it's just so hard to, it's just so hard to pick one. I mean, there's so many good ones. I mean, Batman alone has like so many good ones, like Long Halloween, uh, Nightfall. I mean, like, gee, uh, I, I would say like... I'm, I, off the top of my head, the ones that come to mind, I, I would say like I really liked uh, Batman Nightfall. I think that was, you know, really a, a good introduction to Bane, and it really kind of portrays like the true uh, nature of the Dark Knight, um, and just kind of like his persistence to. I think we lost Kyle. Kyle, are you there? Can you hear me? 
Yep, I can hear you now. You, you, you cut out when you were talking about Bain. Oh, okay. So I was saying that, uh, you know, it's a good introduction to Bane. And I, I like how, you know, Batman overcomes his, like, mm-hmm. you know, his back injury. And I think that will always be like a staple in the, in the staple story in the DC universe. And it, it, I was nice. just saying is that it really portrays how Batman is, how resilient he is and how, how persistent he is for not giving up. Yeah, honorable mention for me too. It, talking about iconic Batman storylines is the Dark Knight Returns. Oh it's yeah, it's a very close second. Oh, God, um, r- real quick, my favorite animated DC film, and uh, this one's tough because they have so many good ones. But it's and I, and I just rewatched it this morning to solidify my choice. But it's Justice League War, based on the Justice League origin film by. Jeff Johns and penned by Jim Lee. And the reason I sigh when I say Jeff Johns is because I'm disappointed in him because he treated Ray Fisher poorly along with Joss Whedon um, and let everything happen on the set of Justice League. So the shame that he, one of my favorite storytellers had to be reduced to something like that. But I digress. I'm not here to talk about that. But Justice League War based on Justice League origin. It's just so good. I love the Dark Side Invasion story. Probably why I love Zack Snyder's Justice League so much because it has a lot of parallels. Um, do you have a? F- um, no, I, I guess. Do you have a favorite animated flick? Is it The Dark Knight Returns? It is The Dark Knight Returns, and I'll nice. I'll never forget the first time that I watched it because I, I I remember I've never read the the graphic novel, and if you look at the graphic novel, it's kind of a hard it's kind of a hard read. Because it's a just, little bit, yeah. Just the way that it's, it's 80s. put together, totally. and it's it's kind yeah. of like it's not as easy. It doesn't have a nice flow to it. But when I first watched The Dark Knight Returns, I kind of was like not really, you know, super excited about it. Just like, yeah, this is another Batman animated movie. You know, I'm sure it'll be good. But uh, you, you know, uh, there that movie I've watched it a million times since, and I bought it because it was so good. I mean, there's so many great parts to that story. I love the fact that Batman is, he's an old man and he just, he gets to the point where he's tired of seeing his city, you know, being overtaken uh, by the, you know, the gang. And he just decides he's going to put back on the cape and the collar. And he's brutal about it. Not only that, but like the fight with Superman, that was just, that was just epic. The, uh, Did you did you see the subtle nod to the Dark Knight Returns and Zack Snyder's Justice League? Yes, yes. Uh, where, yeah, where the the lightning bolt and everything, he's on, he's kind of on like that balcony, and he shoot. Yeah, oh, well, there's, well, well, there's two. There's there's that one, and then at the end, um, uh, Batman's standing on not the Nightcrawler. He's standing on that giant ass tank that's in the Dark Knight Returns, and then as it pans out, this is when Silas Stone is talking after Cyborg recreates the uh, the tape player, and Batman is looking at the city, and he's in like this giant pit. It basically is a page for page reshot construction of um, the ending scene when Batman fights the mutant gang, and if you look in the bottom left hand corner of the shot in Snyder's cut, you see the the mutant gang sitting down like there's five of them and they're tied up together. So it basically just, it basically tells you after they got done with dark side, Batman had to go deal with the mutant gang. Like he dealt with. In the wow. Dark Return. See, I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I missed that part. That's a excellent yeah. Easter egg. 
It's crazy good. And that's why I love Snyder so much. Check it out. Next time you get a chance to go check that scene out, check it out. It's, it's really cool. I'll say one more thing about the dark Knight returns is that when he fights the mutant gang leader, it's like, I was, I was like standing up and like yelling at the TV. Cause I was just so in, <laughs> I was, I remember this. I was so into that fight because it was so brutal and just like epic. Oh man. I yes. loved it. I loved it. I love how he kicked, Batman kicked his ass. It was just, it was excellent, excellent, wonderfully done. Not and even furthermore, the Joker, he's running through the carnival, shooting random people, laughing. Oh my god! Yeah. And then he breaks his own neck. Up. I was like, that's just. Uh, yeah. See, this is and this is where I come back to my problems with Marvels. Like you're, you're not going to get that with Marvel. Marvel is like. Like you can be a five-year-old or a fifty-five-year-old, and the movie's going to work for you. It's like you, <laughs> five-year-olds can't really watch like The Dark Knight Returns because there's 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 too much some scary shit in that. Yeah. yeah, too scary. It's it's serious, and not that you can't have light-hearted, of course, but I don't know. I just think that like I I kind of gravitate towards more complex and serious storylines versus like the happy happy and light-hearted. I think it's good to have those. And that's why like when they come out with the flash, it'll be a nice kind of break from, um, you know, maybe the kind of darker toned films of uh, the past, but so, yeah. Well, that's why, sh- that's why, that's why Shazam worked, right? Cause it was lighter and, and had its success because it was a DC superhero with consequences, but it was fun too. You know, you, you, you have a, a, a basically a, a preteen, a, a, an early teenager who, is bestowed with the superhero power. I've always liked that storyline of Shazam because it was unique. Um, so, okay, real quick, I want to let's let's so we're sure we're good on time here. I want to uh, wrap up DC um, and let's let's rank some superheroes. I love a good list. Um, so let's let's talk superheroes and top villains. So um, let's just ca- kind of keep it lightning round. Keep it real quick. So who would you? Um, I'll we'll we'll go ten to one, top to bottom. And I'll, I'll ask you first who, who you'll rank number 10. I'll give my 10 and you give your nine. I'll give my nine, stuff like that. So okay, 10, top, top 10 superheroes. You start with number 10, go. I thought we were doing top five. So I, I... Oh, well, yeah, yeah. You go ahead and do top five. I can do top five for each two. So yeah, because that's what I kind of did. Okay, so top five okay. superheroes for DC would be Batman, Superman, The Flash, Wonder Woman and Green Arrow. Um, okay. And then Marvel, I would say my top five was Spider Man, Iron Man, Captain America, Wolverine, and Blade. Ooh, Blade! Good call with Blade. I didn't put him in my top, but that's a that's a nice ass call. You know, Blade. Um, Blade is like a, I was really I, the thing I love about Blade is that he combines two of my favorite things: superhero movies and horror movies. And it, when Wesley Snipes did the three movies, like I was in love with it. So I'm really looking forward to Mahershala Ali's take on the Blade character. That would so, be so cool. Yeah. So, but yeah. All right. So my top five, and I'll go five to one of Marvel's, uh, or no, DC superheroes here. Um, if we're going DC, it will be Cyborg is number five, Superman, number four. The Flash is number three, Wonder Woman number two, and of course number one is the Dark Knight himself, Batman. 
nothing really out of the ordinary there, um, except I will say, and you can call it recency bias, as Tim Marciano called out on me when we were talking about our favorite Bat- Batman the other day when I said Ben Affleck was my favorite, but called this recency bias. But Cyborg, um, because of Zack Snyder's Justice League, he has crept up into my fit, top five of DC superheroes. So, you know, he's, I, he's, I, there's a lot of depth to that character that I need to explore. I would agree with that because you really have never seen, I've never seen a lot of Cyborg's character in the past. And this is that movie really kind of put him in the spotlight. And I could definitely see him being in my top five, you know, after, mm-hmm. especially after getting a standalone movie. I kind of feel like I'm, you know, my top five were all solidified except for Green Arrow. Green Arrow, I kind of just threw in there because I couldn't really, you know, decide of who else to put. And I just think that he just kind of made the most sense. But uh, yeah, so I could definitely see him being a top five. How about how about your your uh, top five for Marvel? Oh, you already you already gave your top five for Marvel. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm thinking of way ahead of there. All right. My top five for Marvel. <laughs> um, Gambit. Gambit's number five. I, he's one of my favorite X-Men. Uh, the Hulk comes in at number four. Three, Captain America. Two, Wolverine. And number one, Spider-Man. Um, Gambit was tough to know if I wanted to put it in there or not. I was debating. Honorable mentions go to Thor. Um, came really close to putting in there, but um, Gambit's always stuck with me from the '90s animated film or animated series, and um, even from the comics when I when I read the X Men comics, you know, Gambit always stuck out to me. I don't know, I like this sassy attitude. So, how about the fun, the fun guys, the villains? Um, give us give us your top five uh, villains in Marvel and DC there. Top five. Okay, so for DC, DC villains, my top five. Number five would be Bane. Uh, number okay. Number four would be, um, well, I would say number four would be Court of Owls. Uh, uh-huh. Number three, I would put Doomsday. Uh, number two is Darkseid, and number one, who's probably the greatest written villain of all time, is the Clown Prince of Crime, the Joker. Not not Condiment Man? Uh, you know what? Yeah, that's right. Um, Condiment Man. Okay. Whew. No, you, you are 100% absolutely correct about that villain. The Joker is... I, I, fight me. Somebody fight me. Tell me who's a better villain than the Joker. I mean, maybe you could argue Darth Vader if if we're going outside of, you know, the no. Marvel vs. DC universe here. No. I, I said maybe. No. I said maybe. No, nope. he, he doesn't win. I just said maybe. Not even a maybe. Um, Not even close. <laughs> How about your Marvel villains? Yeah, well, this one I was obviously a lot harder because none of them really are that great. But um, <laughs> so, and I legitimately had a hard time with this because I was like. I, I don't know. Um, everybody, like, for example, like, I put Dr. Doom as number four, and I've, like, really never seen Dr. Doom in, in a lot of stuff. I've seen him in, like, animated, but, like, you know, yeah. the two Fantastic Four films were uh, blue, and everybody yeah. kind of seems to think that he's, like, one of the greatest, so I just threw him in there just out of, you know, kind of Respect. following the herd type of thing. But anyway, 
I would okay. say <laughs> um, number five is Carnage. Number four, Doctor Doom. Yeah. Number th- okay. number three, Red Skull. Uh, number two, Loki, and number one, number one, Thanos. Ah, good, good call, good call. So for mine, Marvel from five to one, we'll go Green Goblin from Spider Man. I love Green Goblin. Um, Doctor Octopus. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have a lot of Spider Man villains on here because this is why I like Spider Man so much is because of his array of villains. So five Green Goblin, four Doc Ock, three Magneto. I know you and I had a little discussion on this. I love Magneto. My one of my favorite villain movie scenes is the um, Frankenstein's monster in X Men Origins. Ah, so good. Um, Thanos is number two, and number one for me is Venom. So. We go five to one on DC villains. Then this one was tougher for me because I like, I really, really love them all. And I tried not to make them all Batman villains. Uh, number five, General Zod. Number four, Lex Luthor. Three, Darkseid. Number two, I absolutely, one of my favorite villains of all time outside of the Joker, who's number one for me. Number two is the Riddler, Edward Nigma. I just love how obsessed he is was trying to best Batman and the fact that he never gets around to it, but he just gets crazier and crazier every single time. And I became a real big fan of the the Riddler after reading um, Zero Year, um, one of the more recent runs of the Batman comic when they rebranded everything um, uh, with the new 52 before Rebirth. Uh, Just the Riddler posed such a great challenge to Batman um, as Batman was learning to become, you know, the, the legend, the Dark Knight. Yeah, I could I could totally understand that. And uh, I think, you know, I really want to see him in the I can't wait to see him in the upcoming the Batman film, uh, because I think, you know, not that Jim Carrey's Riddler wasn't, you know, um, I think he was interesting, but like that, that movie was terrible. Uh, Batman Forever and Batman Robin, those can just like, you know, be tossed in a bin and never, (laughs) never opened again. Um, But I, I think it would be really interesting to see. A like uh, a serious, uh, you know, Riddler villain character. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. They're going to nail it. And the Batman that's coming out next year, right? I know they wrapped up filming next year. It was supposed to come out this year, but you know, we had that virus thing that people keep talking about. Oh, that yeah. that thing uh, that'll blow over. So. Kyle, what do you think about doing a part two on Marvel vs. DC? We've got quite a little bit left to talk about, but uh, I think we've reached our peak here with time today. What do you think about a part two next weekend? Uh, we could probably do a part two and a part three because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of area to explore here. So we can definitely Let's do, do it. a part two. All right. So we will continue our conversation. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for joining. If you haven't joined the podcast or if you left in the middle of it, you can go fuck yourself. Huh. What the hell? Well, why do you why do you do these things? Um, we appreciate the hate that we'll probably get for taking some pot shots at Marvel, but we are f- feel free. And and again, I'm I'm I, I haven't told you this yet, Kyle, but I, I I work with somebody, a coworker. He's a huge Marvel nerd. His name is Nick. Um, great guy. Him and I talk civilly about Marvel versus DC all the time. Mm-hmm. In a future podcast, in a future podcast down the line, I'm going to bring Nick on with us, and I'm going to let him talk Marvel, and then us two can get into it with him. Um, and if you have any thoughts, let us know, you know, you know, uh, this will be posted on everywhere where podcasts are available. Uh, thank you for listening, Kyle. I will talk to you later. 
Um, thank you for joining the fourth mother box podcast. Follow us on Instagram at fourth mother box. And we're on Facebook somewhere too, as the fourth mother box podcast.